We're going to begin tonight in Psalm 100. Psalm 100. The psalmist writes, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. This morning, we talked a little bit about a father's love, or really our response to a father's love. Tonight, I believe our topic goes right along and connects to what we talked about this morning. I want us to consider the idea of learning to be thankful. That's what I've titled the sermon tonight, Learning to Be Thankful. If we aren't careful, we will allow the cares of this life, the things that are going around in our world, to distract us from what we ought to be paying attention to. There ought to be things on our minds on a regular basis that we ought to pay close attention to. We ought to never become distracted and overlook what God has given to us. God has given us all of the necessities that we have in this life. And as we look around at each other, I think most of us can say that He's given us a whole lot more. He's given us all of the necessities and most of what we just simply enjoy and what we would want to have. On one occasion, I remember talking with a brother and he said, none of our children understand what it's like to need something and not have it. To really want something that they truly need. Of course, as parents, that's uh, that's by design, isn't it? We don't want our children to endure some of the hardships that we endured when we were growing up. And that's just the way it is. The, the, The child usually has a little bit better, a little bit easier time than what the parent had, and that's okay. Uh, I've tried to do that for my children. And my father tried to do that for me, and I think we've both been successful in that. I can remember on one occasion growing up, I needed a coat one winter. I didn't have a coat, and and that wasn't in the budget at my house. So my grandmother gave me a coat for Christmas. She also bought every single pair of dress shoes I ever had until I was nearly grown, simply because that also was not in the budget at my house. But we all had... Everything else we needed, we had food and and we had uh, the things we needed to survive. We had a place to sleep that was dry and warm and, and even though sometimes it could be a little uncomfortable. But that's okay. It's all right to have to want something, isn't it? We don't have to have every single thing in this life that we want, but God has provided for us the necessities. But sometimes hardship can cause us to lose our perspective on thanksgiving, can it? We can become so downtrodden because of our circumstances that we overlook what we do have and what God has given to us. 
And I believe there are at least three things that will cause us to lose our perspective on thanksgiving if we allow them to do it. Sometimes all three of them uh, enter into the equation. Sometimes pride will cause us to lose perspective. The attitude of I did it on my own, I accomplished all of this with no help from anyone else, and that reminds me of King Nebuchadnezzar. When he walked out into his garden and he looked at those beautiful hanging gardens and, and he said, Daniel 4 verse 30, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? Majest, uh, majesty? But pride can interfere. Pride can cause us to lose perspective. What about a critical spirit? Constantly complaining instead of being grateful. It seems that that person always finds something to complain about, doesn't it? But I want us to remember the words of Paul, Philippians 2, 14. He said, do all things without murmurings and disputing. If we have a critical spirit, I believe we can lose perspective on being thankful. And then you have the careless person. Carelessness. Someone once said that if the stars only came out once a year, that we'd stay up all night long just to get a glimpse at them. But we see them every night, so we don't really pay very much attention. You know what? Brethren, that's the truth. Very seldom do I pay attention to the beauty of the stars. Very seldom do I pay attention to the beauty of a sunset. Very seldom do I look around at this wonderful thing that God has given us on which to live and think, wow, how majestic. But because we, we see so many things all the time, I believe we take them for granted. Much like the Israelites did with God and, and much like I do often with my own wife. You know, God provided for the Israelites that wonderful food from heaven, manna. Can you imagine eating that? How how delicious it must have been, and yet they still didn't appreciate it. All they had to do was gather up enough to eat. And they still didn't appreciate it. Even when, when that was placed before them, they couldn't bring themselves to thank God for it. Notice what they said, Numbers 11, beginning with number uh, verse number 4. Who shall give us flesh to eat? You know, they were just sick and tired of that light, bread-like substance, that wafer quality that many uh, historians and archaeologists say must have uh, been akin to honey in some way, that flavor. They said, who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely. They remembered the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Now listen to how they felt toward God who so freely fed them through no labor of their own, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. Maybe God, instead of providing the birds for them to eat, He should have just withheld the food for a couple of weeks. Then maybe they would have appreciated the manna a little better. When things begin to go badly for us, I think it affects our perspective sometimes. 
And we don't often think about the good that could come from it. Is there ever, with any storm of life, a dark cloud that has a silver lining? I think so. But I think we just have to look for it. We just have to find it. I believe there are times in life when we have to remind ourselves to focus on God and not on all the problems, whether real or perceived, that we feel like are around us. Life is too short to be anything but thankful. Someone said on occasion, life is too short to be anything but happy. But we can't always be happy, but we can always be thankful. Falling down is a part of life. Getting up is what we might call living. I heard a man say one time that there is no normal living, there's just living. And through it all, we owe God our thankfulness. Like anything else, sometimes we have to learn to be thankful. We have to learn what God wants us to be. And He wants us to be thankful. And He wants us to demonstrate that in various ways. When God is the focus of our thanksgiving, it isn't good enough to simply be thankful silently, to be thankful within ourselves. God expects something and thankfulness must be expressed. And that's our first point. Paul wrote this, Colossians three sixteen and 17. We're all very familiar with it. He said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. We began with Psalm 100 tonight. And do you know that Psalm 100 has or is the foundation of many of the songs we sing? In worship to God. Many of, the song, many of our songs of worship have their inspiration in Psalm 100. The writer said, sing unto the Father. Sing to God. What's the purpose of that? So we sing to show our thankfulness to God, don't we? We lift up our voice and we lift them up collectively when we come together so that we can express our thankfulness to God. We want Him to understand that we are thankful. And we don't have to come together and it be an organized worship to come together collectively as a body to be able to sing songs of thankfulness to God. James said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. James 5.13 So when things go well for us in this life, sing a song of thanksgiving to God. I think he would appreciate that. Not only is our thankfulness expressed in singing, it's expressed in sayings, isn't it? We sing our thankfulness and we better say thank you. But often again, things are taken for granted. Let us think about the things that happen in our daily lives. What about the things that happen at home? Am I thankful for when I go to the cupboard, if I'm in the, if I'm in the bathroom and I open the closet and and there's a washcloth, and I'm looking for one, and there happens to be one there. When I go to the refrigerator, and I open the refrigerator to, to get something to drink or to eat, and, and lo and behold, someone has been to the grocery store and has provided that for me. What about clean clothes to put on 
in the morning. At, at, at our house, I used to joke with the girls about there being a, 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 a clothes fairy that made sure all the clothes were cleaned. Or a dirty dishes fairy who loaded the dirty dishes and, and washed them and put them back into the cabinet. Well, there's no dirty dishes fairy, is there? No, there's just someone who simply does it because that's what we need to do and that happens and we ought to be thankful for that. We ought to say thank you to the one who does and performs those tasks because without that person doing it, they wouldn't get done. We need to be thankful that God provided for us the ability for someone to do that and that He provided that individual for us as well. James made a wonderful statement, James 1.17. He said, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor turning or neither shadow of turning. And we need to thank Him for all our blessings, don't we? We need to appreciate the things that He's done for us because all the good things in this life is because of God. Nothing bad ever came from heaven. Only good things. Our actions say something about our thankfulness as we, we say thank you, right? We say thank you, but our actions need to also back that up. What can I do to, to show God that I'm thankful to Him? I can spend time and study about Him, can I? I can learn more about Him. I can try to dig into His Word and, and determine what He wants for me to do, and then I can do that. And that's a demonstration of thankfulness. I need to spend more time with Him more than three hours on Sunday and one hour on Wednesday, don't I? We have more than four hours in the week and I need to be able to go and spend time with God and understand what He wants. What about my interaction with other people? Can my interaction with other people demonstrate my thankfulness to God? Well, I believe so. What about forgiving others? Christ taught the disciples to pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Matthew 6, 9. And we acknowledge our own forgiveness when we forgive others, don't we? We can't hold a grudge. When we serve the church, we're saying thank you to God. We appreciate the opportunity to serve. Sometimes our brothers and our sisters need a little help along the way, and, and we may do some, some small thing to demonstrate our love for them, but really what we're doing is we're demonstrating our thankfulness to God. That we're able to do that for someone because, who knows, it'll be my turn at some point, won't it? And someone will have to help take care of me. When we share the plan of salvation with others, we're demonstrating our thankfulness to God for providing it to us and for us being able to take advantage of it. When we reach out to someone who is hurting and we comfort them with that same comfort that at some point we'll need ourselves, we're showing our thankfulness to God. When we give God the best of what we have, including, including time and money and effort, we're demonstrating our thankfulness to God, and that's what He wants us to do. When we learn to be thankful to God for all He has done for us, there's something in learning about that that we see it must be expressed. People have to understand we're thankful to God. That's part of Christianity, isn't it? Do you notice when we read in in the New Testament about those during the first century, they didn't hide their beliefs. They didn't hide their beliefs. They didn't act like they weren't Christians so they could save their lives only to 
hide in secret and then try to worship God. That's not good enough for God. You demonstrate your thankfulness openly. It must be expressed. We also learn that it must be expanded. Let's think about that for a moment. Usually when we think about expressing thankfulness, we're we're expressing a thankfulness for the blessings of life, aren't we? Well, it has to include that. We have to include the blessings of life. Again, we go back to the to the idea of someone doing things in this life for us. And I know that each and every one of us, after we finish supper at night, we get up and, and we're thankful to God that we have a whole sink full of dirty dishes to have to wash. Well, I don't know anyone that, that gets up and, and offers a prayer of thankfulness because we have dirty dishes. But really, we ought to, shouldn't we? We ought to, because what does that mean? We were able to sit down at the table with our families and enjoy a meal together and have the things that that we need in this life and we're not going to bed hungry. Do you know there's about 2 billion people in the world that go to bed hungry every night? That's about 24% that go to bed hungry every single night. I have an idea that they would be grateful if they were in a position to have to wash dirty dishes on which they had just eaten a good supper. And I know we're thankful for that. But we need to concentrate on it and be conscious of it more, don't we? And to say, boy, I'm truly thankful for all that God has provided for me. And I think we need to be specific to God when we say thank you. You know, I catch myself often thanking God just simply for all these many blessings. Now, God knows how He's blessed me. But here's the thing. I know how He's blessed me. And I need to be specific in how He has blessed me in my thankfulness for that. I need to thank Him for the house in which I live. I need to thank Him for the clothes I have, for the food I'm able to eat. I I need to thank Him for the employment I have, or the car I have to get back and forth to that employment so I can support myself and my family. I need to thank Him for heat in the winter and air conditioning in the summer. Because that's not a necessity of life. Now we may think it is. And I've said, I just don't know that I could go back to living that way. We grew up with no air conditioning, but you know what? Certainly we could. That would be very uncomfortable. But I need to thank Him for that. I think we need to mention our children individually. And thank Him for their health, for their faithfulness. Thank Him for their willingness to listen to someone teach them the plan of salvation if they're not Christians. I think we need to thank Him for our husbands and for our wives and for the wonderful relationship that we have and for the blessing they are to each of us. We sing a song tonight. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. We need to do that. But I want us to expand on the thankfulness. Not just blessings. What about burdens? Someone says, what? What do you mean being thankful for burdens? But wasn't it Paul who said, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now notice what he didn't say. 
during the good times, give thanks. He didn't say when, when things are going really well, give thanks. He said in everything, give thanks. Are there storms in life where the clouds have silver linings? I think so. I think we have to look for them. Paul suffered from burdens that we can only imagine. But even during that time of burden, and he eventually lost his life because of those burdens, he was able to give thanks. Notice what he said in Romans 8 verse 18. He said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Was he thankful to suffer for Christ? He said, I reckon the burdens that we're enduring right now, we shouldn't even try to compare them to the glories of Christ because that is so much better. Oh, he was thankful. He was thankful. He said, Therefore I take pleasure in affirmities, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I take pleasure in, in infirmities. Why? Because whatever the case was, it must have been furthering the will of God. He said, in reproaches. It must have been furthering the will of God. In necessities. Not that he had the necessities, but that he had need of necessities. It must have been furthering the will of God in persecutions and in distresses for Christ's sake. Now that doesn't mean we're thankful for that particular burden, right? But there's something to be thankful for, and it might just be eternal life. That might be all there is to be thankful for in that scenario. When when Paul was led off to have his head chopped off, you know, in that very moment, I know that he was thankful for the life that God had given him and for the opportunity to preach the gospel. But in that very moment, he surely was thankful for eternal life because he knew that was next. That happens when we're faithful. I think Job is a shining example of honoring God and being thankful to Him when things just simply aren't going very well. Right? He lost everything. He lost everything. Our thankfulness must include the present benefits, I think along with burdens. Our burdens can remind us of what we have right now, can't they? If we allow them. When the Israelites focused on what they didn't have, they failed to recognize what they did have. They were looking back and saying, Oh, who's going to feed us some meat? All we have is this manna. What about the fish and the, the onions and the leeks and the melons and the garlic? And, but what about the freedom from bondage? What about the water from a rock? And what about manna from the sky? Are those good things? When Adam and Eve focused on what they could not have, they forgot what they had been given. Oh, let's eat the fruit. It looks so good. It is beautiful. It will make you wise and it looks like it really tastes nice. But what about the paradise in which they lived? What about the wonderful foods to eat for nourishment? What about a personal fellowship with God wherein they spoke with Him as it were face to face? I think thankfulness is learned and we must learn to show our thankfulness to God and that is what is expected and that's our third point God expects thankfulness a thankful Christian 
is a growing Christian. If we're not thankful as Christians, we're not growing. And I think that's a problem. What is a newborn baby thankful for? A newborn baby is thankful for nothing. Not a thing. You tell me, those of us who have had babies, who've walked the floors all night long, and rocked a crying baby, and patted a crying baby on the bottom, and tried to get him get her to burp, and she wouldn't do it, and her belly was hurting. And then finally, when she went to sleep, right before she closed her eyes, she rolled over and said, Well, thanks, Daddy. You know, my, my father used to tell Alexandria, he said, I came in there, and, and your mama had you in her arms, and all of a sudden you looked up and said, Well, hello, Papa. That's not really how it works, is it? A baby is not thankful for anything. They don't have the capacity to be thankful. Being thankful is an attribute that is taught, isn't it? Have we ever had to remind a a son or a daughter or a nephew or someone else to say thank you? Say thank you. Because it's taught. It's learned. A thankful Christian is also a giving Christian. When we realize how God has blessed us, isn't it easier to give back? We want to, don't we? And that includes our time, our money, and our effort. Think about it. When we go to a restaurant and it comes time to pay the bill, we leave a tip. And what do we normally leave on that tip? 15 to 20%. All right, that's normally what we leave. And But you know, there are many Christians who have trouble giving the church even what a lesser law demanded of 10%. Now God hasn't described for us or given us a number by which to follow like He did under the old law, but an inferior law required a 10% of what, what, we, what they earned and what they were blessed with. Maybe we ought to think about that maybe in those terms. A thankful Christian is a glowing Christian. Should a Christian be pessimistic? Should Christians be complainers? Christians should be able to consider every single circumstance and find something to be thankful to God because He has provided for us all that we have. Paul was able to do that. I think he's a wonderful example. Notice 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 8. Paul said, We are troubled on every side. Now, brethren, I've never been troubled on every side. But Paul was. He said, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That's not a pessimistic person. That's a glowing Christian. That's a glowing Christian. That's why he could say, On down a few verses, beginning with verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. You know, it's very difficult for me to read the beginning part of that passage and truly be able to connect with Paul. He says again, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Our light affliction? Beaten with rods? Three times, scourged, a day and the night in the deep, being shipwrecked, right? 
I don't know about anyone else, but I feel like if I were shipwrecked a day and a night in the deep, that would seem like a very long time to me. Hungry, naked, abused not just by those outside the church, but inside the church. And he goes through that whole long list and he says, and finally, after all those things, the burden of looking after and caring for the churches. But what does he call it? Our light affliction. Why? Because we already talked about the verse in Romans. He said, I reckon it's not even comparable. He said, I'll take this light affliction in this life because it's for a moment. Worketh for us as far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I think we ought to show our thankfulness to God, and we ought to practice learning to be thankful, even if we think we have it down. We ought to practice a little bit. And how do we do that? How do we practice being thankful? Well, we need to spend time with God in prayer and thank Him for every single thing we have. We need to thank each other when we have opportunity. You know, we might want to just thank each other for the love that we share. That we're part of one another's lives. Isn't it wonderful? I can't imagine not having the White Oak Church of Christ a part of my life. It would be terrible. I look back on it and I think, man, I wish we could have been here years ago. We need to be thankful. We need to practice being thankful. We need to show our thankfulness for Him, for the things He's given us physically and spiritually. We need to include the, uh, our blessings. We need to talk about and be thankful for our brethren who stick up for us and who, who defend us when it's necessary and take care of us when we're sick and when we don't feel well. People who pray for us. I think we need to always be looking for the silver lining behind the dark cloud because something is there. And the first way we show our thankfulness to God, though, is by being faithful, right? Be faithful to Him. Obey the gospel plan of salvation. We know what that is. We talk about it all the time because it's important. We talk about reminding ourselves of how to obey the gospel because we need to tell someone, right? We need to be able to go to the Scripture and, and give them book, chapter, and verse. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am Him, you shall die in your sins, John eight twenty four. Jesus said, Luke thirteen three, Repent, or you shall likewise perish. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 32 and 33, that... We need to confess Him before men. Now that's not that same confession we read about the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8 verse 37, but we still live that confession after having obeyed the gospel. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus said, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Matthew 10, 22. Jesus said all those things and there's a multitude of other verses. And we study those and we remind ourselves with them and we, we hide it in our hearts so we can tell someone, where to look to find the answer. And we also tell each other that sometimes we slip up in this life and when you do that, and you may even mess up terribly, that God will forgive you if you repent. See, that's paramount. God's not going to forgive anybody unless we repent. He has to have that. That's part of the plan of salvation. We have to understand that. We have to tell people about that. If we... Sin in this life after having obeyed the gospel, we understand if we'll pray to God and ask Him to forgive us, 
He'll forgive us. We have to confess that fault either publicly or privately. And we know what we need to do. We understand if it's a private sin or a public sin. If it's a public sin, we need to make the announcement publicly. I sinned and I want forgiveness. If you stand in need to answer the Lord's invitation tonight, do that as we stand and as we sing.